Special interview with soul legend Harvey Scales, and we'll be talking about his song "Trying to Survive." My name is Brandon Payton Carrillo. Let's get started. Bye, Ben. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Awesome. So today. I would like to talk about community land trusts. Ooh, that sounds interesting. The CLT. Um, it's a great, great concept. I hope it takes off. It's already taking off in lefty circles, but I hope it takes off broad, more broadly in the larger population. Um, do you have an idea what a community land trust is, Byron? It's land that community gets to decide what happens to it. So whether or not to just like kind of leave it alone or maybe turn it like into communal farmland or maybe you want to turn it into like public housing or any idea. But in the end of the day, it's ultimately up to the community that lives on it, the community that kind of lives around it, and ultimately like the the general public trust. So like the the general public, Um, they decide collectively like what to do with this land. Exactly. It's essentially putting land and land ownership back into the commons, into the common area. Um, If you would like a more technical term, I always like to say it is a nonprofit organization that somehow gets land, whether they raise the money for it or someone gives it, donates it to them, and they hold that land in perpetuity um, for the usage of their members or member owners if if you will how here's a weird question for you byron out in california do you see a lot of community land trust out there are there any in your community um i don't think so uh, mainly because over where i live it's like relatively newly developed it's, it's only been developed within the last few decades um i mean like fucking anaheim used to be like uh, a like an Orange Grove before like Disney bought it and like made it into a fucking giant ass city. Um, that's really the case for like every other city here. Um, but like, but one, one thing like, but like, I remember you mentioning like, um, we're like a uh, community land trust are like, becoming more and more popular beyond like leftist circles and like even like normie libs, uh, like the kind of left liberals um, here are like trying to get a community land trust together to build public housing for the homeless. So it's like it's becoming more and more of in the public consciousness that like this is a thing you can do. You can get land out of uh, kind of a speculation market because let's be honest, that's what it is, um, and like actually develop it for the fucking community. So like yeah, I, I mean I, I don't know any that are currently around, but I know people are actively working for it here in Santa Ana. I remember my first experience with community land trust. 
it happened in Atlanta, Georgia, um, essentially in East Atlanta, um, in a neighborhood called Candler Park, well, at the border of Candler Park and Lake Clare. So AT aliens who are out there who are listening, you'll have an idea where this is. Um, but essentially, a bunch of hippies and old lefties, and they're usually one and the same, um, decided to create a community land trust. And in this community land trust, they created an amphitheater and garden, and um, they had performances, and um, they have a gentleman living on the premises, and his main job is to make sure everything is clean and well taken care of. He's the groundskeeper, and I don't think he pays any rent, but his job is to kind of maintain the community land trust. And I would go there on Fridays because they would have an open mic jam. And um, it was me with a bunch of hippies. It's like someone's always playing like a penny whistle. Um, someone's playing a mandolin. I decided, well, hell, I might as well get in where I fit in. And I brought my accordion. And we would just all have this big-ass jam. And that was my first experience with a community land trust and what it could be. And I didn't know until many years later how that fit into the overall solidarity economy and how you can use that model to take care of um, economic development, um, affordable housing, um, fresh food, and urban agriculture. Um, It's really flexible and really cool to get into. The history and arc of this um, model is really kind of fun because it's relatively a new model. So a lot of the cooperative stuff that we talk about, you know, you can find remnants of it of its modern day form going back to the 1860s or even before that. But community land trusts pretty much sprang out of the post-civil rights era South where black people were like, hey, guess what? We got a little bit of money now. We got some civil rights recognition. We have some legal recognition. Let's get some land. Let's build up our community. Let's feed our community. And let's be self-sufficient. And um, the original community land trust, it, because of opposition of the, to the government, you know, it had some issues and ultimately failed. But out of that original effort, many other seeds started to develop across the South and across the nation, really. Do you know where the largest uh, concentration of community land trusts are? I want to say it's somewhere in the South. Either South or the Great Plains. You know, you're closer with the South, but you got to go much North. Much more North. Midwest? Even more North. Canada? Not that. Canada. (laughs) (laughs) You would think it's the Canadians, because the Canadians, they do a lot of great things. But it's close. You're actually really close. Vermont, and Burlington in particular. Oh, Bernie Land. Bernie Land. (laughs) Uh, While he was mayor of Burlington, um, he wanted to figure out a way to tackle affordable housing. His initial plan was something that was more like, okay, housing vouchers. But then he had a friend who was like, no, that's a kind of a, a short-term and stupid idea. 
let's use a, the community land trust model, get that land out of the speculative economy and create a mechanism where people can maybe buy the house, but the land is held in common and controlled democratically. And therefore, he was like, well, okay, that makes sense. Sounds cool to me. And put together the largest system of community land trust in the country. God damn, I would kill to have like really cheap land rent. <laughs> if you say you want to have a house to yourself, you got a family, Byron has like 15 children. And oh God, <laughs> why? <laughs> you know, it happens. It happens, man. You're just a busy dude. So you got 15 children. You need a house for your 15 children, but that $300,000 mortgage isn't looking very attractive to you. But if you were able to separate the land and the cost and value of the land from the house, because let's face it, the land is usually much more valuable than the actual house that's on top of it. Maybe that 300000 can be reduced down to 70000 And then when you want to sell it, whatever equity you put in it, you're going to get some of that back. So it's not just a complete wash and loss to the system. But yet it will constantly, as the years progress, that property and that house and that land become much more affordable as everything inflates around it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you actually care about, like, accessibility beyond – if you actually care about land beyond, like, speculation, like, yeah, like, the, the community land trusts seem like a pretty obvious, like, way to go. And I think it's also – it harkens back to an older time, too, where nobody fucking Be- owned Before land. the Enclosure Act. <laughs> yeah. Back in my day, we had uh, common land before the – before all those uh, damn gentry got all uppity and, and closed everything. <laughs> yeah. And then they fucking pollute it and take that idea to countries and regions of the world where that was not a thing. How can you own the land? It's like owning all the air. And they'll figure out a way to do that eventually, too. But the land trust is a model to turn reverse the tide. I, I, this has been a very educating day for me. Because, like, I, I've already knew about land trusts. But I didn't know, like, just the history behind everything. You know, it's a rich history and it's a very recent history. Um, there are a couple books out there that kind of catch you up with this recent history of community land trusts and cooperative ownership and whatnot. Um, I would say one of the hotter books right now is um, Kylie Okuno's book about Jackson Rising. Um, check that one out. And Dr. Jessica Gordon Nebart, she has a couple books, and she wrote the history of African Americans and the cooperative economy, solidarity economy. So look her up, look at her work, have some fun with that. Um, we don't have a book list yet, but maybe maybe one day. What do you think about that, Byron? Do you think we should do a book list sometime? Yeah, I feel like that's something we can definitely do. Right. I, I, I know I have some some to recommend. You know, I'm, I don't read a lot of books, but I come across a lot of books. And the ones I do read, I find really fascinating. I really want to share them. So we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. The community land trust model, it's out there. If there's one near you, 
get involved in it. There's interesting one, things happening in Charlotte. There's interesting things happening, obviously, in Jackson, Mississippi, Burlington, Vermont. Get involved. Get that land out of the, the market economy and um, make good use of it. So, Byron, I don't know about you, but all this talk about community land trust got me all tuckered out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me, me, me too. I need to, I need to go and rest and uh, get ready to uh, talk over a bunch of land speculators' day. <laughs> yes, yes, me, me, me as well. So, I'm gonna let you go. But um, thank you for your time, Byron. Thank you. All right, guys, we got a special treat for you. So up next, we have an interview with Harvey Scales. Now, Harvey is a bona fide soul legend. He's been around since the early 60s, and he written the first certified platinum record, Disco Lady, for the artist Johnny Taylor. Harvey was kind enough to join us today to talk about his protest anthem, Trying to Survive in which, after our interview, you'll get to hear the full version. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Harvey, can I ask you a question? Because I love a lot of the magic touch stuff. Um, Could you tell me about writing the song Trying to Survive because I love that that's one of my favorite songs you've ever written <laughs> yeah that was on Magic Touch too I, I, I tell you it was I, I, I kind of I had a feel for that song really because what's going on uh, by Marvin Gaye was one of my favorite songs ever you know uh, I thought it was a great song, production-wise and songwriting-wise and uh, artist-wise. I thought Marvin Gaye did a terrific job on that all the way around. What's going on? Mother, mother, yeah, yeah. Everybody thinks we're wrong, yeah. Uh, and it just what's going on just really painting a picture of a true picture of what was going on uh, in this country uh, back then uh, in the 60s, early 70s, late 60s. And uh, I had such a feeling for that. Like, I always wanted to write a song like that. And I, and, and I think that um, actually uh, trying to survive was my... You know, my, my, what's going on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it was a very true song, which, uh, us writers didn't really write too many true songs. <laughs> we, we, we didn't want to get too deep in the truth, you know, because people didn't want too keen on buying the truth. But there was an era when social music like that was on top, you know. Uh, and it was like mostly in the Vietnam era. And uh, for music like that was on top, uh, most of the songs 
the written were like Motown and even Stacks and all that were mostly gospel favorite love songs, you know. But, uh, yeah, trying to survive really hit home. I guess it kind of hit home to you too, huh, Brandon? <laughs> it did. It really did. It's very timeless. I can imagine some of the the things, the societal ills that you ta- you talked about, is still relevant today. Oh yeah, it's very relevant today. Um, it's happening as we talk, you know. And the strange thing about it uh, is probably more relevant uh, now now than it was then, even more, you know, uh, because. Uh, Society has got the, the political situation in this country has become almost like a reality show, you know. Uh, so uh, everything is even more wide open than it was when that song was out, you know. And uh, so it could be released again, because too, it could be released again the right promotion, and it could be a, a, a hit. Because it was never really promoted to the, to the point where it could have really been a hit, you know. Sing it now. Oh, 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 oh. 
episode thank you for going along on this journey a special thanks to harvey scales you can hear more from harvey in future episodes and 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 if you become a supporter on patreon.com backslash movement of color we'll have some interview outtakes where he discuss some industry insights and essentially how capitalism abused people way back in the day but all right, all right, all right. Please follow us on Twitter at movement underscore color. Thank you for spending this time with us. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Adios. Color.